You're listening to the only episode 34 of 123 Yes Wrestling There Will Ever Be. This week we get into the new wrestling wars and social media's impact within this new era of wrestling, as well as breaking news involving Eric Bischoff's and Paul Heyman's new roles within the WWE. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on all podcasts and social media services. And if you want to join the conversation, shoot us an email at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. But for now, enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to 123Yes Wrestling, where we are the only wrestling podcast that is going to have any love this week, and we try to bring the love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris, and as always, I'm joined by Corey and Ed. How are we doing, guys? Uh, I'm doing well. Actually, I'm going to say that this was a great week of wrestling, in my opinion, and I'm looking forward to dissecting this. As am I. This was a good week of wrestling. And this was a good week of Ed's life as well, too. I can say that I've applied for a district manager position, which I probably won't get. But I have to say it was my best interview that I've ever had at Verizon for a promotional opportunity. So we'll see what happens. And you put that you're a co-host of 123 Yes Wrestling on your resume, right? So, really, I mean, that's why you got the job or I'm, be why you don't get it. I'm really <laughs> hoping that's why I get the job is because yeah. of this podcast. But maybe mm-hmm. it will be why I don't get the job. Who knows? Y- you know, but either I, way, it was good times. I, I, I was <laughs> so, like, into his tone when he first started speaking, and then all of a sudden he falls it up with, you know, I'm probably not going to get it. And then just goes, I know, well, I always beat myself up. I always beat myself up over these things. It's one becomes one of those things, then when you don't get it, it's easier to be like, oh, oh yep, well. Exactly. You know, and so. Yeah, I went to NXT Live last Thursday. That was a blast. So, what you what you think of a NXT live event? NXT live event was cool, except for as I sent you guys pictures, it was weird because it was in a is like a theater. So they had the stage, they had the ring set up on the stage, and then they had risers up where you just general admission, and then they had the balcony and everything up where they had seats. So I was just down on the floor, but you're looking up at the stage, which is very unique of a layout so they didn't do a lot of crazy dives too much because they had very little room to do that but they had some good matches a lot of people that are just coming up now in this uh tournament that they're just starting the new what, what's it called the new tournament guys oh, did things the, the i can't remember what it's called the oh man like the upcoming t- oh man the tournament of destiny tournament of destiny just started round one last night i don't know if that's it but that sounds good no, it's something trying put, to promote the upcoming seats. guys. But yeah, right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read down. I wrote down the card just so you guys we could just talk real quick and just so you know what we had, which was pretty cool to see. I wasn't expecting a lot of these people, but we had Velveteen Dream versus Kona Reeves, which they've been doing on TV and they put on a good show. Uh, Cameron Grimes versus Kushida, which I was not expecting Kushida to be there for whatever reason, so that was kind of a surprise. And Cameron Grimes is also, I think he was someone in Ring of Honor, but I, I'm not going to be able to place it right now. And he's in that tournament. Uh, then they had uh, Rena and Rachel Evers versus Lacey Lane and Mia Yim. So a lot of the women that were just in the uh, May Young Classic last summer. Uh, Raul Mendoza versus Damian Priest. Damian Priest is a beast. Formerly um, that, Punishment know, Martinez. Yeah, he was a big boy, and uh, he he looked good. Uh, the Street Profits versus the Forgotten Sons. 
Man, that was almost like the night right there. The Street Profits are money. They are just, I mean, the way that they work the crowd, the way that they, I mean, they went a long time before, and the crowd is just going nuts for the Street Profits. And then uh, Montel Ford, he yelled out, he yelled to the Forgotten Sons, and he goes, that's respect right there. That's respect. And then he goes, watch, watch. And then he just yelled in the crowd, R-E-S-B-C-T. And then the whole crowd chanted back, find out what it means to me. And he did that like three times because he just, you could see that he was having a blast. And just watching them and him getting his height. Uh, then they did the Outliers versus Jordan Miles, who's in that tournament, and Keith Lee as a tag match. That was a good time. Uh, Shayna Baszler was awesome to see live. Uh, she defended her title against Jesse Camilla. And then the main event was Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle for the NXT Championship, which was was funny because every match up until that main event felt like a house show. So you're just like, okay, house show, you know, it's good times. But then they hit Adam Cole and Matt Riddle, and they were doing crazy pile drivers, and they just they beat the shit I, out of I each other. So it was a good you, time. Um, since you know that's a live show. And we always mm-hmm. see with these NXT takeovers, like these matches are so over the top. And um, one of the things that we're even talking about with AEW is that, you know, they're not going to be able to do all this over the top stuff when they do have a weekly show. So would you say like that Matt Riddle match, was that like NXT takeover craziness or did they try to tone it down because it technically is a house show? I would say that it was NXT TV level like if they had that match on nxt tv that would probably be the same match that they would do um they did some hard hitting they did some big moves they didn't pull out all the stops if it was like a takeover um but they went to town pretty good and i mean between that and then the street profits and forgotten sons they they really took it up a a notch and um everybody else it was felt like a house show you were just running through the motions good guys were you know everyone was having fun everyone was mm-hmm. doing their thing it was a good time but yeah nobody you know i mean velveteen dream and kona reeves i've seen them have better matches on tv but it's on tv so you know they were just going through the motions it was a great time velveteen dream is another one who just pulls in the crowd yeah. and they went nuts for him so it was it was a good time it was worth the 22 bucks or whatever i paid uh, to go to that. Now I'm debating because SmackDown is here next Tuesday. Impact is here next Friday. So I'm like, hmm, how much live wrestling do I want to do next week? Yeah, I was going to say, I noticed that that Impact was, was out your way, and I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going. I'm thinking about it. I really think if I'm going to go to any of them, I'm going to go to that one um, over SmackDown. SmackDown, I still haven't. Sometimes going to those big arenas. I would bail arenas. on SmackDown. Um, the only thing that has me kind of thinking about it is 205 Live, yeah. surprisingly. I'm just like, man, 205 Live would be cool, and you can get tickets. I can get I can get the section next to the ramp, second row, for 100 bucks. Really? Wow. Nice. Yeah, tickets are cheap. Wow. So I don't know. And, and we'll, we'll segue that into our Curtain Jerkers of the Week, subtitled, The New Wrestling Wars Have Begun. For uh, Curtain Jerkers for June 28th, 2019, and going into ticket sales, WWE's attendance and pay-per-view buys have been a uh, conversation since last week, which we did talk about Stomping Grounds having issues selling tickets, which I do think part of that problem was that they, what, booked and scheduled that show in like two weeks? I mean, that they didn't even have a show yeah. at that arena two weeks before. So, I mean, yeah, you're not going to get a full house for that. But everybody's been 
paying attention to Raw not being full and SmackDown not being full and these arenas being taped off and yada yada. But apparently, uh, Stomping Grounds had an average of 4,500 people in the building and it had 9,800 buys. Um, on pay-per-view compared to the average, the people still do buy wrestling pay-per-views, and the average is about fifteen to 16,000 people still buy these monthly pay-per-views. Apparently, the first real low was Super Showdown, which had 11,000, and now Stomping Grounds got 9,800. So the media is jumping all over these lower attendance of pay-per-views, Raw, SmackDowns, and they can't help but compare it to AEW's one pay-per-view and all-out selling out in... 15 minutes so i mean what do we think about the attendance is wwe should they be worried no this is a very simple thing i'm gonna play a game of chess this week on our show so here here's my maneuver and we'll see if someone can counter it bottom line is where was it at it was in washington wasn't it Mm -hmm. tacoma washington it's, it's not a wrestling come on go through your history anybody that's listening go through your history how many shows are up in washington and especially that particular location in Washington, I'm sorry, it's not a wrestling town. So you you're trying to book something that was what they only, they spent two weeks trying to like put together. Uh, and I think tickets, like I said, they just announced. I'd have to look it up, but they just announced that that arena was even going to have an event. So Tacoma, Washington, didn't even know they were getting a pay-per-view until three weeks. I mean, a month tops that they knew right. that they were going to have a show. Now, you give Chicago three weeks, they'll sell that place out. But here's the you thing, know? and Ed, Ed can vouch for this. Chris, I think you can even vouch for this. Uh, when Chicago, they announce it like six months in advance. It, it's many months in advance. In fact, what they do is whatever, when they're in town, they will tell the live audience, hey, we're coming back, and usually it's about six months down the road. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Chicago gets about two, three shows a year. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so do we here. And so, now granted, Chicago, that's a wrestling town. So mm-hmm. we ain't going to be doing no 4500 We're definitely going to go over 10000 easy. It'll, it'll easily be a thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 house. So I'm sorry that place, in, and I'm not disrespecting anybody in Washington, but it's like if it's a two-week notice in an area that maybe wrestling, maybe it's not such a, a popular thing, we got to consider those variables. A couple things. Number one, this is the first pay-per-view of its name. All right? So no one even knew what Stomping Grounds was before, like, fitness. Oh, I'm sorry. Corey said three weeks ago. So come on. Stomping Ground, get out of here. All right. And here's the other thing, too, guys. Why are we comparing this to AEW? Why? AEW's had one show. It was a good show. They had a great impact. Made some money. Let's leave it as it is. Like, why are we suddenly thinking that this startup is having such an impact on WWE? Now, here's the thing. I will agree with that statement if they have trouble filling up a WrestleMania stadium in April. Then they'll have me convinced. But right now, Well, even SummerSlam. Or even SummerSlam. But I'm not bought into that message at all. And I'm going to add to it, to add to Ed's point here, is, um, oh, goodness, I almost went blank here. (laughs) Uh, AEW, they just did their first show. They've only had one show. So we don't have this week-to-week overexposure or what some of the Morlocks like to say. So, of course, there's going to be a ton of 
like desire and demand for the next AEW show because I mean first off double or nothing what was the last time that we had something from them well it was all in even though it was technically not AEW so how many months apart was that of course there's gonna be high demand so I, I just don't think it's fair to even this AEW effect as I call it it's like and I think I was telling you guys in a text message it's almost, it's kind of the cool thing right now to just bash WWE. It's just a mm-hmm. cool thing to do. Well, yeah, and if you go to some of these, I went to a couple of these, like, dirt sheet sites. If you go to their Facebook page, half of them have their banner photo as AEW. So it's not even a wrestling thing. I went to a couple today, and I was like, oh, no wonder that all these stories are skewed. You know, they can't help but compare it to AEW because that's the cool thing to do, you know. So it's it's the old, uh, as I believe Corey said, the punk rock thing. You know, once a band gets too big, right, you can't like them anymore. Chris, and once everybody, that, once, Corey knows, once Corey knows the band, I can't listen to them anymore. So are that's you just... telling me that WWE <laughs> has become Nickelback in the mind of these Morlocks? <laughs> that is the perfect exact Ed, metaphor. That is that, an that, excellent yes. analogy there. Excellent. Yeah, but you know what? The funny thing, Nickelback is still making millions of dollars a year on tour. So yeah, so shut up, oh, you well. Morlocks. Exactly. Yeah, you... and and I'm not I'm not dissing Corey's taste in music there, but you know that's as we were growing up, I was always bringing bands to his house. Like, check this out. And He's like, I don't know what that is. But then in six months, when Corey's like, Hey man, I heard of this band, and he would like Alkaline Trio, and I'm just like, oh, I can't <laughs> listen to them anymore. You know? <laughs> I, sh- I showed you them months ago. I, I, um, yeah. Oh, God. And I think you actually <laughs> exposed me to uh, Kid Rock before he, yeah. just before he hit real big. Yeah. Yeah. He was on a sampler CD with, I think, Korn's third yes. album. And this Kid was, Rock. And then all of a sudden he blew up. Was and, this before Bob Seger, Kid Rock? Because oh, he got yeah, yeah, transitioned yeah. to Bob this Seger. Was, this was hip hop. Okay. Kid Rock. Yeah, this was his, this was when he was still doing the metal the metal rap mm-hmm. in the late nineties, yeah. you know, with Limp Bizkit. American Band Corn, yeah, yeah. Almost before that. But and we'll get a little bit more into stomping grounds, but hey, and I want to talk about it here in a minute, but I am gonna say, regardless of how many people were in that building, those people showed up for stomping grounds. Like that they were there. Those forty five hundred people were there for that show and they never stopped, and we'll get into that here in a little bit about um stomping grounds we're gonna move on here um so the social media and its impact with this new era of wrestling and this new war that seems to be brewing we had uh this week seth rollins versus the world i think on friday he sent out a tweet that said hey check out stomping grounds this sunday for the best wrestling in the world which then sent all the morlocks in a flutter to him to bash his wrestling and then Seth Rollins decided to double down and say they are the best wrestling on the planet and he said name a rest there's no wrestler alive better than me and Will Ospreay chimed in and said I'm alive and then they went back and forth a little bit talking about Will Ospreay said he's wrestled more matches and Seth Rollins said I have more money and everyone got booed and then Baron Corbin came out of the woodwork and said I've wrestled more matches than you and Baron Corbin or Will Ospreay said who are you um, so that was kind of funny. 
But they went back and forth for a while. So now we have social media and these guys are warring against each other. Seth Rollins is now defending the WWE against all the stuff John Moxley said. And he's saying Dean Ambrose couldn't cut the schedule in the WWE and all of those things. So how do we feel about, uh, and this is before we get into Kenny Omega here, but I just want to hit on Seth Rollins. And how do you think he handled himself out of control, positives, pros, heat, well, all that stuff? Okay, I'm playing my next chess move here. Uh, feel free to join with me on this. Um, can I just call this for what it is? It's a work. And I thought about this very carefully before we, uh, before tonight, cause I knew we were going to record. I think this is a very clever way to get just as broad of an audience as possible talking about wrestling. Because here's the thing at the end of the day, they all win. Us fans, we start paying attention to not only WWE, but then when Will Ospreay, you know, gets in on this, okay, now now you're tagging in what New Japan, and then you know if you get anybody from AEW chiming in, it's like to me, I think this is a kind of a modern day way of doing a the Monday Night Wars. Because I, I really think we are in a war. It's just it, it's it's a war in today's times where well, now they can directly talk to each other yes. you know they can directly do those things and not even put it on tv you know if they wanted to make those comments in the attitude era you needed to make those comments on tv and try to let them slip by and you couldn't always get that through now they can just throw out a tweet and start a war with someone on the other side and, and the really cool thing about it is is that it's going to get everybody talking because look at we're talking about it right now we're gonna we're spending time on our podcast talking about it and there's millions of other fans that are talking about this so if you're getting people talking about the product that's going to get people interested in the product especially ones that you know maybe have gotten disconnected that's going to reconnect them especially I, oh go ahead ed no i i totally agree i think that this may have started as seth rollins saying something really good you know he's trying to defend his brand he obviously recognizes that so many people are kind of talking a lot of smack about the wwe but this is absolutely free publicity for all parties involved. And I really think the wrestling industry is finally starting to figure out how to use social media to its advantage. And this is exactly it. So do I think Will Ospreay and Seth Rollins have any real heat? Not at all. I guarantee you, if they saw each other in a bar, they would probably would have a beer together and say, look how many followers we got just by this back and forth just like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's. I'm glad that Seth Rollins, as the universal, the top guy in WWE, he needs to be out there and needs to be doing what he can. Now it's hard because yeah, you just get flooded with with people, and you just it's it's a it's an uphill battle to try to defend WWE, as we'll probably learn as we are currently doing it. But you know, sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. Now I will have to throw a little heat. I know, like we have our segments but i'm gonna throw a little heat on kenny omega um i don't know if that was something we were going to go into from this I was, topic or... i was about to say that right next was i was about to read his tweet why don't you go and... ahead and read it and then we'll share our thoughts on that so basically wwe has decided that they're going to stream evolves 10th anniversary show where they do have a working relationship wwe and evolve wrestling they'll always have the nxt guys there and they have a couple nxt guys wrestling at that match because i think adam cole's fighting matt riddle at that or 
So he's fighting somebody. I know they have some matches going on there. So they decided they're going to stream live the uh, Evolve 10th Anniversary show on the WWE Network, and it is the same night as uh, Fight for the Fallen, which yes. is the Ju- July 14th or 15th show uh, that AEW is putting on, their second free show of the summer after the uh, Fighter Fest this Saturday. And... Uh, which all of the proceeds from the live gate for that fighter or fight for the fallen is going to gun violence charity for people in Florida who've been affected by gun violence. So it's a very good noble cause. They're streaming it again for free on the Bleacher Report live. It's a good thing. So now WWE has signed up and said, Hey, we're going to stream evolve. So Kenny Omega then posted a tweet, which he has since deleted because he's in his words, it opened a toxic environment, which I'm pretty sure it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. But he said, if you're lining your pockets with blood money is okay, then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel I'm going to be sick. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, he was obviously bringing up Saudi Arabia, and he's bringing up, like, the notion that WWE would be purposefully, you know, going after them. To me, it's like, listen, like, we're going way too hard here. And, like, it's almost the complete opposite of Will Ospreay's and Seth Rollins' banter, which I think was ultimately, to Corey's point, like, more or less a work to get attention. I think he should have known better because that's exactly a tweet like that is going to completely open up the political spectrum. And we, we don't need politics in wrestling. We really don't. I don't need it. I get enough politics on the Internet. Every single day, it's already annoying as it is. So I, I'm glad he deleted it, but I still think it was a little over the top. Well, the problem is, is you sit there and AEW goes back and forth on whether or not they're competition with WWE. Sometimes they say it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes Cody breaks a throne, then he comes back and says, that had nothing to do with Triple H. They go back and forth on if they want to be competition, and then WWE makes a move that does look like, hey, well, we're going to do a competitive show against you guys at the same time and fight for the eyes and see what happens, even if it's not their actual product. And the first thing that AEW is going to put out there in the stratosphere is say, well, you go to Saudi Arabia and bring that all up. It's like that's almost a cheap shot on top of just a why why it makes you look like you can't handle the competition already out the door. That's the thing. I, I don't even know why this is even something he would even bring up. Bottom line is, is that AEW and WWE, their product is wrestling. So it's competition, period. Okay, WWE's putting on this Evolve show. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Have you seen an Evolve show before? No. No. Okay, so what's the worry? It's not like WWE like put together a, a pay-per-view or something like that that is a WWE pay-per-view and then purposely put it on at the same time as this show. So... I'm going to be honest with you, the Evolve thing, I'm not that interested in because I'm not familiar with Evolve. I know what Evolve is, but I don't understand what the threat is. I mean, I think I think Evolve is actually very smart for getting in with WWE because um, it's it's only good for them. I'm going to check it out, um, but I'm also going to check out Fight for the Fallen or, you know, like so that is a fan. I don't get why you have to say these things because. I'm not even thinking that. Like, that was the farthest thing from my mind. And, like, I'm sure 
it, there's a segment of the audience that, he, that even got more people fired up. But I, I will, as, as upset as I was about the tweet, I'm happy that Kenny Omega realized it was dumb to say that and what it was probably causing on the well, Internet. So, And then know. it's on the WB Network. We, fans can just watch it later. There's right. no threat about this. People are <laughs> yeah, going to watch. That was my in- yeah, that was my entire thought. Was oh well, I'll catch that later catch when I'm later. bored. I'm going to watch Fight for a yeah, Fallen. Yeah, it's probably not live. like it's back in the day. You know, Monday Night Wars when you, you had, had to choose. pick and choose. No, everybody's going to watch AEW, and then like when that's done, maybe if they're still up, they'll they'll watch the Evolve right after or the next day or whatever. So, it's well, pointless. Pointless tweet. And then it was funny because when I saw this story, I didn't even understand what was happening. I had to read through comments on Facebook to see even what this tweet meant. Like, I had no idea about the Evolve show at all. If it wasn't for Kenny Omega, I wouldn't even know Evolve was doing, the WWE was doing this on their network with Evolve. I had no idea until Kenny Omega told me. So thank you, Kenny Omega. Now I'm going to go watch Evolve. But... I was reading through comments trying to get an understanding of what the hell his tweet meant, as I have to do from time to time, because people, unless you know what they're talking about, it's just code, you know? And then I saw someone comment, they're like, well, f- you know, f- what did they say? WWE, man, they're they're really losing it. First they do this, then they schedule uh, NXT UK the same night as All Out. It's getting, getting dirty. And I'm just like, what are you talking, and I commented, I'm like, what are you talking about? WWE had to book the hall overseas for NXT UK months ago. You know, you can't just book a, a stadium, an yeah. arena. You can't just book those things. Those have to be months out. So that date has been picked for a while, probably further out than AEW, but who knows? But they've had those dates. They're not going to communicate with each other. And I and I wrote that. I'm just like, yeah, they've put, picked that out. Triple H even said that's way we picked that date. Long time ago, the building's been booked. We just advertised it now. It just happened to be right after All Out was announced that their date at Double or Nothing. But then, also, it, that airs in the middle of the afternoon because it's live. So by the time NXT UK is over, All Out hasn't even started yet. So all, I mean, NXT UK starts at like 2 in the afternoon and it's over by like 5. So then you got a couple hours to grab a drink and some cook up some food, and then you watch All Out. So it's not even lined up directly. And this person commented back saying, well, I don't buy it. It's too, it's too fishy. And I'm just like, and, I'm not even going to talk to and you. And this is why <laughs> the term Morlocks exists. It, it's it's mm-hmm. a bunch of people that think they know, but they really don't know. I will even admit and, and say that I don't know everything and mm-hmm. i'm not going to claim to so right. but yes chris you you made you've made your point that's a checkmate there's nothing to debate there it's like wwe yeah, has always booked things in advance because think about it there's a ton of things that these venues you know do so you have to book months in advance i don't know why any average fan is even debating this conspiracy like wwe is like trying to do something sneaky. They're a multi-billion dollar company for crying out loud. You They're the bad guys, Corey. They're the bad guys. <sighs> the cool people to hate. The bad God. guys, you know, the Razor Ramones. And, and I you know, I know we'll get into it, but man, yeah, they they do have to figure out a way to avoid the stigma because this type of thing does not always end well. So this whole cool thing to hate and all that, I have a feeling they'll be just fine especially with some of the things that happened uh, that we found out today. 
But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely not a good thing to have that stigma. Well, especially as we go into this Fox deal in October, and there are reports that Fox is a little nervous about some of these things. And due to some of these issues, it was announced today, uh, on Thursday, that WWE signed uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff as executive directors for Raw and SmackDown, respectively. So uh, Paul Heyman's going to be in charge of Raw, and Eric Bischoff's going to be in charge of uh, SmackDown, and he's they're dealing directly with Vince. So they're overseeing the shows, and then they're they're reporting everything to Vince. So Vince still has final say on everything, but he basically took his main two competitors back in the day, and he put them in charge of his <laughs> two shows. And Eric Bischoff will work directly with the Fox uh, people, the executives, and everything that has to do with that network. Eric, That's Eric Bischoff's domain now, is dealing well, with Fox. And this is interesting because, yeah, that Eric Bischoff thing is... I don't think people understand how crucial that is. Um, but Vince, this is going to be a test for Vince because he's going to have to pull back and he's going to have to let different minds try to put together a product. Because I, 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 there's no doubt, I think we'd all agree that Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff are more than capable of putting together a quality product. Now, something that Eric Bischoff said on his podcast that always stuck in my head, and I think it's been posted today since this was announced. The big thing Eric Bischoff said that needed to happen, and this was, and keep in mind, this was said, I think, probably over a year ago, is the two brands have to have significant identities, like different identities. They have to feel, look, and be different. And I'm curious to see if Bischoff will try to implement a little bit of that philosophy. I I think you almost have to think that in order for these two guys who have gone on record and say that they're quite happy where they are in life, right, that they kind of do what they do in celebration of their past, for them to get brought right back into the thick of things i almost have to assume that one of the things they asked for is for hey we are going to do this i know you're going to pay us but you need to step back a little bit and i my hope is that vince wants to step back because he needs to focus on the xfl that's logically why this all makes sense and why uh i once again this is a point to Corey's point vince knows what he has to do and I think he feels like I think he probably realized maybe even after the attendance numbers, whether he wants to admit it or not, I don't see a correlation to AEW. But he's gonna now he doesn't want to go through another Monday Night War ever again, because he remember he remembers what that was like. So what better way to avoid anything like that ever happening again than let me bring the two guys in that brought it to me all throughout the '90s and 2000s, and let's put together an amazing show again and- together. And and the th- really cool thing about both these people is they have shown in their past of being able to utilize talent that people may not necessarily see right away as stars. I'm going to call it right now. So mark this, guys, if you're listening. Uh, Roman Reigns is turning heel. That is something that will happen if these guys have any type of creative control. agree. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. 
and where we move on with that. And hopefully we see some changes. I mean, do you think we're going to see changes as early as this week coming up? I mean, when do they jump in or we think we wait? Um, I feel, I'll be honest with you, Chris, I feel next week is must-see TV after this announcement. Well, and here's the thing. We're just just fresh off of... um, Stomping grounds. I mean, yeah, we got a couple matches already set up for Extreme Rules, but I think it's if there was ever a time, this isn't a bad time to let them kind of play with their 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 creativity. Well, they need to take advantage of this time when AEW is not on TV, you know, and rebuild yeah. the product up and try to get some good faith up. Um, before AEW hits whatever they're going to hit, because nobody knows what that's going to be. I mean, they can talk all night, all they want. They're going to have their weekly show. Nobody knows what their weekly show is. No one knows who's going to watch it. They're going to need some people to show up and watch it. They're going to need at least 500,000 people or more to watch their their first episode of AEW. If they're going to, if they have less than 500,000, they're not going to be taken seriously because they're not going to grow. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if anything, you're going to go down after your premiere episode because everyone's going to check you out. So, I mean, there's a lot going on, but if WWE could turn their product and start making some of those changes, and even if there's some things that AEW keeps saying, because Tony Khan's running around saying, this is all what we're going to be about. So if WWE starts making those changes and doing that before AEW gets a chance to get on TV and do it, that's, I mean, that's what they need to take advantage of this summer and leading up into the fall and make yep. their product prepared you know they gotta barter down the hatches so we are going to take the curtain jerkers and we're gonna throw them off to the side and it is time for the mid card wrap up which starts every week with the sits and fits with mr fitness why hello wannabe gym rats mr fitness is here once again because let's just face it this podcast wouldn't succeed without me so here we go for the sits and fits. Well, WWE Stomping Grounds is in the books. And I'm going to be honest with you. Despite the attendance issue and all these things that these Borlocks want to bring up, the pay-per-view in wrestling this week has actually been pretty great. I mean, there was more hits this week than a viral YouTube video. Ricochet and Samoa Joe prove why they are two of the best in the world. Sorry, Shane. Sorry, CM Punk. But let's face it. These guys killed it at the pay-per-view. Rollins and Corbin, their rivalry reached a whole new level as Rollins brings in his real-life girlfriend Becky Lynch into the fold. Lynch and Rollins versus Corbin and Evans. Abso-frickin'-lutely awesome. Kofi and Ziggler have a classic cage match with a flying Kofi finish. Now we're going to see Kofi versus Samoa Joe. Heck yes. Sorry, guys. This is still PG. Uh, We got Roman Reigns and the Shane and Drew McIntyre rivalry. And now we got The Undertaker will join Roman Reigns in a tag match. OMG. After watching wrestling this week, here are some of my fitness facts. Number one. Baron Corbin is the best legit heel in WWE. Prove me wrong. Number two, WWE and the Universal Champions, they are strong fighting and they are legit. Number three, Samoa Joe and Ricochet 
may have just made the U.S. title the workman's title again. Number four, Ziggler is the most underrated superstar on the WWE roster. Once again, prove me wrong. Number five, relax, Miz fans. It's not time yet. But trust me, it's coming. Number one, two, three. I don't even know what number I'm at at this point. (laughs) Next one. Yes, yes, yes to all of the Firefly Funhouse clues. Because it's just awesome. The 24-7 title idea, yeah, it's succeeding, people. Get over it. You want to debate? The Undertaker angle is needed, guys. Because, let's face it, we need to forget about that Goldberg match. Breaking news, people. As they just said, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff have been hired as executive directors. One for Raw, one for SmackDown. I'm calling it right now, people. If this goes the way I see it, I'm sorry, AEW. Like Corey was saying earlier with chess, yeah, I call it checkmate. That's this week's Mr. Fitness Sits and Fits. Don't sit, just stay fit. I knew he couldn't count. I knew it. He's just a (laughs) meathead. (laughs) You'd figure he'd be able to count, given that, you know, he goes to the gym, he got to do reps and all that stuff, and somewhere he was... uh, I'm Man, not impressed. You don't need to count. You don't need to do reps. You just need to feel the burn. You just go. And you go until you can't. That's that's how real men work out. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to move on. Stomping Grounds was a pretty great show. Yes. I had a blast watching Let's Stomping say it. Grounds. Stomping Grounds it was, was fun. a good show. It was fun. A lot of fun. I, yeah, I enjoyed much. And as I said earlier, Tacoma, Washington, as much as they didn't show up, in the building, they showed up. The ones that were there did show up to be there, which was good. No one sat on their hands. They kept the energy up the whole time. Um, we, I'm sure, have some differing, differing opinions as to when they brought what and where and how. Um, but I was just curious, what, what, would, what was your guys' favorite match? Like, what jumped out at you guys? I, uh, man, I, I can't say enough. I'm really digging Ricochet. I'm really digging Ricochet. I'm, I know we talked about it last week that the Ricochet Smojo was probably going to be a, a show stealer. Um, I think the thing I'm very pleased about the most is that, you know, the U.S. title, you know, Intercontinental title, some of these other singles titles that kind of get overshadowed, and they've been overshadowed for years. And you guys know, I, I grew up in the era of, you know, the Intercontinental title was the workman's title, you know, Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, you know, some of these uh, Shawn Michaels, like, legit guys that put on these high-quality matches. Rick Rude, can't forget him. Um, And I just feel like I care about the U.S. title now a little bit more. I don't know if you guys feel similar, but I'm, I'm excited for this. It's a good move, putting the belt on him. It was a good match. He is, and I've said this the last couple of weeks, is he is someone you can build a company around. I'm starting to feel that if they play their card right, cards right, he could be something of a face of the company or at least one of the brands in the near future. Um, they've got something with him. He connects with people. 
Seems like he's got a great attitude. He's great in the ring. There's no split BS of half the crowd thinking it's cool to cheer him and half think it's cool to boo him. People just like Ricochet. So that was my match of the night. Um, I know I predicted that he wasn't going to win, but I was very happy that he did. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how did we uh, feel about that crowd doing what they were doing, especially towards the back half of the show when they started trying to hijack um, heading I, into the yeah, and I, main I started event. texting. I think that was the one they sh- match they shit on the most was the main event. Uh, did they start? I know th- it was a little weird. I know everyone seemed like they really liked it, but I didn't. I was pulled out of the heavy machinery recyclers match a little bit because they weren't. They didn't change their wrestling style. You know, heavy machinery was still doing all these things to get cheered, but they were getting booed. So it's like when they wrestlers in the match don't change to fit the crowd then it just looks like an awkward match but, um to me so that one that was the only time that they kind of pulled me the, up the, the problem that i had with that match is that everyone was just so pro daniel bryan and the thing is daniel bryan didn't do anything to garner cheers he was still playing his heel role but everyone just wants to cheer him just because you know i mean they're even doing the yes chance which he was the hometown boy yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I'm forgetting that he's from Washington. Nope. He's the hometown boy. That's that's what that's all yeah. about. Okay, so yeah, I forgot about that, that he's from Washington. But, so. but to be fair, yeah. it's kind of a mistake on Heavy Machinery's part, and it does show their youth, that they should have immediately adjusted to be more heelish in the ring to adjust to the crowd. That's yeah. something I think you learn as you get more into gauging the crowd. So, you know, I mean, I still thought they had a decent showing, but... Yeah, oh, that, it was a good match. That they was did. totally. I mean, it was uh, the best heavy machinery match I've ever seen. Oh, I yeah. think there I was mean, like even during the Rollins match, I think there was a chant like "This is awful" or "This is boring" or something like that. And I'm just like, why? And and I'm and I'm going to go one step further. Baron Corbin, and I've been saying this for weeks, he is killing it as a heel character. I don't understand why people are. J- you know why? Why do you have to treat him like go away heat? He doesn't. But that's the thing, that Corey. I don't. But there is no such thing as go away heat. Go if you are that good at making people hate you, you're doing your job. Thank you. Like I've never, I've never even even in the late '90s when this whole X Pac heat became a thing on the internet and people talking about the difference between heel heat and X Pac heat. I've never understood it. X Pac was good at what he did. You hated him. You were you hated him so much you didn't want to see him on the TV. It's just it, the thing is, it's like I was fine with that match. The special referee thing, I'm okay with. Okay, they're bring they're gonna bring in the the real life relationship with Rollins and and Becky Lynch. It's not like it hasn't been done before. I'm fine with that. You know, I just I really hate that people aren't giving credit to Baron Corbin the way that they should because he really. I think today it's the hardest thing to do is to be a heel. It really is. And he is the only one that I see that is doing it legitimately. Yeah, and if he keeps getting those types of reactions, he's just going to stay in that main event. It's as I used to say, no reaction for Nia Jax. That's how you make people go away is you give them no reaction. If you keep booing Baron Corbin the way that you're booing him and telling him how much how awful he is and telling him how boring he is, people... He's going to keep coming. 
He's going yeah. to keep getting these spots. He's going to keep getting these matches. I loved the Lacey Evans as the ref. I didn't see that coming. It was the start of a story. I don't mind Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. They look awkward together, which is funny, but I I don't mind any of the story. I mean, you knew where it was going, but it felt like an old-school Attitude-era pay-per-view of we need to screw the babyface and get the title off of him, and it felt like what a heel... We haven't seen a heel do something like that, heel tactics to win a championship. We haven't seen that in years if not decades at this point. So, I mean, just bringing that heat, and did you hear the pop for Becky when she did run out? That whole crowd could have been booing. They were booing AEW and CM Punk and telling Lacey Evans to go away. But when that match ended, they were all cheering. Yep. Yeah. And that's all WWE saw. So if you really do hate these people and you really do want them to go away or you don't respect them or you don't do this and the other, don't do what you did at, at, at Tacoma, Washington. Or if because you, all you did was get me excited for those people that I was watching on TV because you guys popped. And here's the thing. Like CM Punk said uh, in a tweet earlier, I think this week or last week, if you don't like it so much, stop watching it. Just stop watching it. You all have Stockholm Syndrome. If you keep thinking you're going to chant my name and then I'm going to come back. Like, just, it's not it's not the way it is. Like, and I think it was a very poignant way to kind of point out how some fans are just not in a place where they should even say anything because you don't enjoy it. You don't, we, we'd put it, we could put anything on this screen and you wouldn't enjoy it. So why are you doing this to yourself? Well, and, and then I'm also going to jump to another thing I popped for was the um, Kofi and Ziggler. And I, and I know there's there's people that are, you know, there's some people that are for Kofi. Some people are criticizing it, saying that it just, you know, his character just doesn't fit for what a WWE champion should be. Okay, watch the match and you tell me. Matter of fact, watch the last couple weeks of his matches and you tell me that that's not a uh, a championship quality Superstar, I'm sorry. I don't think you can prove it. That cage match, classic Ziggler. I've always believed is is been underrated and you know hasn't truly been given his due. But I mean, and I like the finish to that match too. Something different. It was a nice finish with Kofi doing the suicide dive out of the ring. Never seen that before. Yeah. So it was an interesting right. way to do it. And yeah, Kofi. And Seth Rollins to a point, but Kofi, since he won that belt at WrestleMania, which everyone thought was just charity or just like no way, you know, you either didn't believe he was going to win or he was only going to win just to make the happy moment. And then he was going to drop the belt. It was one of those unbelievable WrestleMania moments. And then like Zack Ryder wins a belt at WrestleMania and loses it the next night. And then look, they've built Kofi Kingston since WrestleMania, they've done nothing but make him look extremely strong yeah. for the past, what, two or three months. He's just been a beast. So, I mean, he's make, they're making me a believer that Kofi Kingston can do this. So I, I have no problem with any of that stuff. Um, this week, I think last week was the first week they really did it, but then the news came out as they were doing it. But it seemed like uh, WWE or Vince has decided that they don't want any wrestling to occur during commercial breaks anymore. So that's why they've been doing a lot of two out of three falls matches or elimination matches seem to be their way they hide it. We're going to restart this match. So, I mean, I don't know if we could count, but there's probably at least five matches that got restarted over the course of those two shows when we come back from break. And I think only once during SmackDown they actually went to commercial during a match. So, I mean, is this going to 
format going to work? Is it going to get old? Do we move back to... Because Attitude Era, I remember, didn't do a lot of commercials during matches, but the matches were a lot shorter. So do we go back to shorter matches I, to I'm not o- do wrestling? I'm okay or? with shorter matches. I almost feel... I know this is going to sound out of left field, but they're going to come to a point where people get sick of 15 to 25-minute broadways. Like, these matches are special for a reason. There needs to be matches that end in five minutes with one finisher, and that's it. There needs to be matches that end with a roll-up, and that's it. Because that's what wrestling is. It's not supposed to be a 15 to 25-minute Broadway each time. And that's going to be something that AEW has to figure out, too. Because as much as I love the action of shows like AEW and NXT, when you're on television... You almost have to throw some of these shorter matches in there. It doesn't mean they have to be bad matches, but you have to do them. Well, and also we got to look at today's generation. Uh, you know, I'm a teacher, and the one thing I've noticed with my students is that they don't have patience for anything. This is why we don't see storylines go for long periods of time. The fact that the Bray Wyatt thing has been going on for as long as it has is amazing because it just doesn't happen anymore. You know, think about the the Sting Hogan WCW. They built that for over a year. There's no way that this audience today could handle that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the shorter matches is probably going to be the regular norm. Well, see, you need to trick them. You need to trick people into the storytelling, and that's what your Raw and SmackDown is supposed to be for. You're supposed to do the shorter matches. You're supposed to build the story. You're supposed to do the segments for the fight at the pay-per-view. That was the always the format of wrestling, was that the big events is where you got the big matches. Back in the 80s, you didn't even get to see big guys fight each other. You know, Hulk Hogan, if he was fighting on superstars, he was fighting a, a jobber. jobber. Yeah. You know, and and that's what they—that's the exact formula they do on NXT. Every week they have their people that they want to push, and they fight jobbers, or nobodies, or people who just are coming in their first match, and you lose to those. You know, you build your people, so you use Raw with shorter matches to do squash matches, to do you know angle building matches, to do screw over screwy finishes, you know hijinks shenanigans. You do all that stuff, so then when you get to stomping grounds, when you get to extreme rules, you're ready to go, and that's the when you want to watch the 25 minute Broadway classic. The only thing that this hurts, though, this this rule on this uh, commercial break thing, is the people that attend the live the actual event. So, uh, like, imagine when we go, we're going to be going in November to the, you know, the, the shows right around Survivor Series. So it's like, yeah, we're going to get the NXT TakeOver, and yeah, we're going to get a Survivor Series, but then we're going to get a, a Raw and SmackDown where we're going to have these awkward, uh, what, breaks? You know, it's I like, don't know, man. Know, it sucks. I'm excited. I'm it, more excited than for those shows now more than ever because that means that Bischoff and Heyman are probably going to be writing the Raw and SmackDowns we're going to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's that's SmackDown Friday night on Fox. God only knows what any of this is going to look like right. at this point. You know, yeah. this is this has only been a two week thing. I can't imagine them being able to change a format where they're just doing multiple two out of three falls matches. I mean, I don't know how you build people over and over again with two out of three falls matches. Yeah, um, but we started Raw with how we ended Stomping Ground with a uh, Seth and Becky announcing their relationship, doing what they're doing, and then we had Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans getting back involved 
in their lives, even though they both lost cleanly. So we're back to that. But they did announce that they're going to have a mixed tag match, winner take all, at Extreme Rules. So it's going to be Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch tagging against uh, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. And no matter who wins, the other person becomes champ. So Lacey can pin Becky and... Baron Corbin wins the belt. If Baron Corbin's going to win the belt, that's how he's going to win it. I'm telling you right now, I hope that that's what happens because I really hope he wins that <laughs> belt because Becky gets pinned. I'm so like into this whole. Like I said, I'm I'm a Baron Corbin mark right now because I just I, I love the heel thing, um, and this is such a heel thing to do. Like you just said, you know, if it ends that way, uh, but it makes me it but. It makes me, I love it just from like a storytelling and just like he's a heel, but I don't like him. So it's like because he legitimately is the only heel in wrestling. He is the only person that I can look at and just go, if he literally just did go away, I really wouldn't care. Right. But because he's there and he's doing his thing, it makes me just like, I don't want, I want to see that because it would be hilarious, but I don't want to see it because he's the bad guy. Just because there's so many people that are like threatening to like cancel their subscriptions and like, I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's, let's call their bluff. All right. We're going to put the belt on them. Do it. Do it. I guarantee you, you're not canceling. You're not canceling. The world would explode. But think about it. If he wins because Lacey Evans, that would be amazing. would that be? Because I'm trying to think of the history of WB championships, and I don't think there's ever been a champion crowned where they didn't have to actually win. The only one that I can know is when Eric Bischoff handed Triple H the championship on SmackDown. That is the only time, and people still shit on that. So that's just even better. God. You know, a new age, just Baron Corbin wins because Becky Lynch got pinned by Lacey come, Evans. Come on, Heyman. Be, come on, Bischoff. Make this happen. That would be good storytelling in my eyes and just to watch the world burn. Um, <laughs> but the, but I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. That would be fun. And then we have another big tag match set up for Extreme Rules as we had coming out of Stomping Ground where Roman Reigns defeated... Drew McIntyre and Michael Cole proceeded to say, Roman Reigns finally can put them behind him. And then not two minutes later, Shane and Drew got on camera and said, we're doing fighting Roman in a handicap match tomorrow night on Raw. So Michael Cole's lie lasted about three seconds before <laughs> he got called out. So they had a they had a two-on-one match, Shane and Drew versus uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns got beat and got beat and got beat until the lights went out, the gong... Undertaker shows up out of nowhere, straight from Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and he choke slams, uh, cleans house basically, oh. and they announce really quick with no story tag team Hold match. On. For Can Q. I just say to Shane's credit, when the lights went out, props for him for being able to stand on the top ropes with the lights all out because you know if if anybody's ever tried to do some kind of balancing thing in the dark, that's actually very hard to do. So props to him. I I like it. I I, I I'm, maybe I'm in a minority, but I'm okay with this because let, let's be real. We all know Undertaker is really disappointed by the Goldberg match. So how do you get people to just move on and forget about it? Well, get them in something else that'll be you know that'll get people's minds off of the Goldberg thing. I I really hope the Undertaker turns on Roman during this tag match for retiring his ass basically at mania a couple years ago that would make me happy that's probably a chance of what they're going to do to set up for roman and taker at SummerSlam. yeah 
That'd be I cool. would not. I would not be surprised if he does the whole. You know, uh, didn't he do that to somebody else? Brock Lesnar yeah, didn't. He did it to somebody. He did it to somebody where he turned and yeah. to get his feud because it makes it's the only thing that makes sense from a uh, story storyline standpoint of why yeah. is he helping Roman? The last and thing he Roman did was tech- turns heel by beating him senseless again. <laughs> this and writes that's, itself. That's how we go. Yeah, this is good stuff, and I'm excited about that. Um, on Raw, Kofi was doing his thing again, and uh, he knocked out both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in one of their little things where he beat Sami, and then they Kevin Owens challenged him to a match. They went to commercial. They came back, had the match. Kevin Owens lost. Kofi looks strong, looks great. And I immediately was sitting at – I was literally sitting at the house, and I go, they really needed to use tonight to set up his next challenger because he just beat the two of them. They need to do this. Samoa Joe comes running out the back, and he beat the shit out of Kofi Kingston. And I jumped up. I said, yes, they're setting up a feud. They're letting us know who's next. They're going down it. I was all popped for and that. And here's the thing that I love about this because, remember, I said earlier that I popped for, you know, Ricochet and Samoa Joe. This is so great. So it's like Samoa Joe loses. You know, some people, you know, look at losses. Oh, you know, they're going to be buried now. No, this is great. So Samoa Joe, you know, loses U.S. title. Ricochet gets that. Now he gets to run with that. Now Samoa Joe gets moved into the main event picture. I mean, this is perfect booking, in my opinion. I, you know, uh, I, <sighs> and most likely what it is is it's, I mean, we'll be honest with ourselves. It's it's a very strong, good win for Kofi. Yeah, I don't imagine I don't imagine Samoa Joe beating Kofi Kingston for that belt. Kofi goes in a couple matches through SummerSlam, even with Samoa Joe, and he beats up Samoa Joe. That just makes him look strong. And the thing is, it's like yep. we we know that the matches will be great. So, and that's that's the thing. You know, it's like when we're talking about this whole bash and WWE thing. It's like you can't. You, you can't deny that there is talent on this roster. But that, I'm going to throw a butt. Throw some heat at you. I'm going to throw a butt at you guys, a big old butt. <laughs> Would either of you be that disappointed if Samoa Joe got to hold the WWE championship? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely I'm not. I'm just saying this also. No, and that's if someone so was going to take it from Kofi, yeah. yeah. That's what's so great about this feud is I would be thrilled if Kofi has some solid wins. But I'd also be thrilled if Samoa Joe went basically and basically did what I, he should have done years ago and take the WWE title. Because even if it's a short run, he deserves to have that the, belt. The great really thing is. is is that we're finally past the Brock Lesnar era of these part-timers having the belt. We're finally getting people that are working champions. That you know, I, I can't say enough about Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston. I mean, they have far exceeded my expectations. And this is fun to watch when your champions are, they, they look strong. They're putting on quality matches every week, by the way. Um, Samoa Joe taking the belt from Kofi. Pfft, no, I'm not complaining. Yeah, that's, and, and that's what's fun about that match is I honest don't, I don't know who's going to win. I assume Kofi because Samoa Joe, they never want to pull that trigger. And he always, he has the old Bray Wyatt curse where he, comes in as a monster heel and always can't win a feud so that's just a curse that of Samoa Joe I'd love to see him break it and he might I'd, I really it's always there um, and then our main event on Raw was AJ Styles versus Ricochet which was something else to watch and be curious to see if they're going to continue that 
feud with AJ. How do you guys feel about AJ Styles getting a win over the new U.S. champ Ricochet? You know, I'm like a little curious about like what direction are they going to go with him? You know, because it's think, like. I think AJ's on the verge of another heel turn with the Good Brothers, and I'm a totally okay with that. Yeah, because it's like, totally you know, he had okay his little with interaction with, you know, Gallows and Anderson, and, you know, I, I guess this is kind of a crossroads. Is like, you know, where does AJ go moving forward? I like heel AJ. I always have liked heel AJ, mm-hmm. so I think it'd be cool, to, especially if he can get Gallows and Anderson and they can kind of become a stable again. That's just money. It's it, it It's money. Well, and WWE needs to use some of these guys. They're signing these guys. Now they're signing some of these people up to these longer contracts, and then you have some of the guys like the Revival who were reportedly not, uh, haven't signed. Uh, the Good Brothers haven't signed. Rusev's contract is apparently up in the next few weeks, and he hasn't signed. So, I mean, you have all these, these talent people that the fans really love and want to see more of, so use them. You know, if you're going to lock them in their contract and you're not going to let Anderson, I understand you have this you have it's a gamble because you don't want to push them too hard and then have them leave you but you don't want to bury them because then they're not going to stay so it's you know how bad do you want them if you really don't care about them and you don't see money in them but if you see money in them figure out a way to that's the power of negotiation i'll tell you right now um these people that are signing they're going to be treated right like uh i know jinder mahal just signed a five-year deal um mojo i think Everybody that ends up signing right now, WB at some point during you know the, this this five year period is they're going to treat them good in terms of you know their career. I agree with that. Didn't know about gender getting signed again. Yeah, he just yeah, signed he just the signed. five year deal that they're. And that's another signed. guy he... that I'm totally like I I like I, I know right now he's not really being used much, but another good talent. He, he, I don't have any problems with Jinder Mahal. He just, he has a great look. He looked great when he was WWE champion. They booked him to win. He beat a lot of big people. He beat Orton. He beat beat Shinsuke. He just doesn't, he misses a step in the ring. He's just not the most, like, believable or just not, I don't know. There's something just missing in his actual in-ring work where he's fine, but it's not, Watchable. <laughs> I just didn't like the only thing I don't like about gender. I know it sounds really bad, but when he's on the mic, he sounds me- like he's struggling to speak. Like he always turn- like it's like there's something in his throat. Like I always want him to just go <clears throat> and then he'll talk normal. But it, well, it's just like the, it was something very small, but it's like I couldn't hear him talk. It's supposed like, to it, be it that foreign me. accent type thing. You know, no, it wasn't that. Because then I would just be looking really bad right now. It's not... Yeah, I, well, I hate on it accents. can't be that. It's like he just sounds like he's got to clear his throat. Like he's mm. got to go... Uh, and I, I be, understand that. sound great, you know? I know what you're, I Gender, know what you're I'm a, talking I'm about. I'm a fan, so if you're listening, I'm a fan of you. Don't listen to him. Hey, I'm... Hey, we got five more years. I, I don't mind. Like I said, he's got a great look, and uh, I think if you... You take away the Singh brothers... And you let him be. I mean, he's a yeah, big dude. Yeah. You can let him. You can let him monster heal it up, pretty good, and um, turn him into something. I think that was the biggest problem. Was they sent? They they've still never really booked a proper heel until Baron Corbin. You know, they're always chicken shit heels. Even when Kevin Owens, he can be a real heel. They didn't let him be. Wow. 
they let him hide behind stuff. Baron Corbin, they're letting him hide behind stuff, but it works for him because nobody likes him. <laughs> Kevin Owens, you had to, people liked Kevin Owens, so you have to do those kind of tricks. Now, I know you guys were all pumped with the Firefly Funhouse puppets were appearing. They're almost in our world now. You, you know, I, it's... I missed all of it. I caught it later when everyone I, was talking about I'm gonna it. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I had to go back and watch it. I, I missed all of it and i love that because you know this is different you know and you know this whole bray wyatt experiment right now has really got my curiosity at a high level i'm like ooh, it's like what is this really gonna be you know and we got these two different bray wyatt characters you know the mr rogers bray wyatt and then the the evil clown looking bray wyatt and the cool thing is i think both of them could be utilized and I think I they're going to so. be. I think it's great that the puppets are coming along for the ride, and I can only imagine some of the craziness that's going to ensue from like interact, like you know, walking down the hallway, and then you have to interact with a puppet. And I know there might be that time when someone tries to pull at the puppet, and that'll probably set oh, Bray off. And I- I'm going to tell know, you this right it's now: be great. Bray Wyatt is going to be on a winning streak. I'm going to call it now. I- and this, so, is, and this is going to get me totally excited because you guys know I'm a total Bray Wyatt mark. I even have a ring-worn shirt of his. Um, yeah, good things are coming for him. So do you think Do you think maybe it was Bray who knocked on Aleister Black's door this I week? I hope. So here's the weird thing. I feel that being his first rivalry is a little weird because it's two characters that kind of have similarities and I just don't think it works it doesn't I mean I wouldn't mind watching him go in the ring but I I keep having this hard thing with Aleister Black where I'm trying to figure out are we building Aleister Black or are we building who's coming to the door you know like which one's a bigger deal like I don't know like we're all all, like everyone's more excited for who is going to knock on the door than what Aleister Black does so now it's just like, well, who do they make that be? Does it be a new person we've never seen? Does it just, I mean, who is it? I wanted it, honestly, I wanted Finn Balor because he was standing there going, who's going to be my next challenger? And he looked to the side and instead of Shinsuke Nakamura walking in, I wanted him to see that door and I wanted him to walk right into that room. The only, and just, that's what I thought they the were going to do. The only thing that Alistair Black's going to have to do is that, yes, obviously everyone's getting more interested in who's going to go through the door. Alistair Black just has to have a five-star match with that person to really solve this problem. But It was nice to see Shinsuke back on TV, hey, by the way. Yes, I was just going to follow it up. I'm totally okay with a Finn Balor-Shinsuke, and I think that they just, yep. right now, to get Shinsuke back on track, they need to have an NXT takeover-type match, just like tear the freaking house down, let them do their thing, and let's get back Shinsuke back on, you know, where we know he needs to be. This guy, this guy, main evented WrestleMania. He still has one of the greatest characters, greatest entrances in re- in wrestling history, and I'm actually thrilled with him being on the roster with someone like Eric Bischoff, who's really big into international stars. Yes, he Same is. Paul Heyman. I have a very suspicious feeling that Shinsuke Nakamura is going to find himself back where he belongs very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. Then I also have to hand it to the restraint 
that WWE showed this week by not adding Dolph Ziggler to the Kofi and Samoa Joe match at Extreme Rules. Like, I, as soon as they announced that and Dolph Ziggler was like, hey, if I beat you tonight, Kofi, I'm going to get added and it's going to be a triple threat at Extreme Rules. I was like, oh, well, there's the match. I mean, I said that out loud. Well, there's that match. And then Kofi beat Dolph Ziggler, sending him back. It was a good call. And it's one-on-one. That was a good call, yeah. and it was it showed a lot of restraint and, on their part to not make and it And if anybody threat. knows any, like, background to all this, I mean, Dolph Ziggler really wasn't supposed to return yet. Um, he's still doing his comedy thing. Like, I have him on my Twitter and stuff. You guys know I went to his comedy show. He still has dates. So, and the way he described it was he was on, like, a vacation from WWE at the moment. So this, like, coming back was kind of unexpected. So, yeah, definitely good call, but it's also a nice reminder that, hey, you know, Dolph Ziggler, you know, he's still a talented guy. You know, if given the right opportunity, he could definitely deliver. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Now, I know one of you guys was saying earlier about uh, the Miz's time is coming. That was when that guy coming. That was, okay, that so, was that guy. That wasn't me. <laughs> no, nah, that was that was fitness. But you know, sometimes Mr. Fitness okay. and I sometimes see on the same page. Um, I think we gotta just. So here's the weird thing. It look at the roster. I mean, look Spit at the it roster, out, Corey. Spit <laughs> it out. No, look at the roster. It's like not everybody could be WWE champion. At the same time, it's like, you just, you got to let things take its course. And it's like, unfortunately, Miz right now, he's like the guy on deck. He's he's there. He's going to get it. It's just, it's not time yet. Don't shake your head. Miz has been on deck for but since 2011 when his the, reign got cut short. And, and, and let's be fair. It's like, you know, maybe that reign wasn't as successful as it, it, it could have been, but... I think the best thing for Miz to do right now is just keep doing what you're doing. The fans are bought into it. I'm I'm gonna call it. Let Let's see what's happening next WrestleMania season. I just want my 2011 Miz back, the faux hawk and all. I'm over it. It's just, I mean, is Miz gonna get a win over Shane? Are they gonna continue? I mean, is this feud over, or is he just gonna keep losing to Shane every week? Well, well, because every week on SmackDown, it's just like, oh, but let's bring the Miz back. Well, this is weird and though because just... wait a minute. So it's like Shane's got a, a feud with Roman. So it's like I don't know where Miz fits into this right now. So it's like it's almost like Miz has and to get out. It's been nonstop since Mania. Miz has to get out of that picture right now. And let's face the facts. I mean, I, I know people don't want to hear this, but I, Shane McMahon's going to be champion. We just got to embrace oh, that. Yeah. It's going to be short, but he's going to be champion. Because they're trying to create another, like, real heated heel. Now, it's not going to be Baron Corbin quality, but I'm just saying it's coming. I was about to say, Shane McMahon is heading towards no reaction. Right. I mean, he's literally, like, he comes out and people are just like, oh. Like, I mean, they're just tired of Shane McMahon being there. He's not getting reactions. He's just getting boring chants. That's all. That's the only reaction he's getting is boring. And they're not even that powerful of a chant i mean he's really getting no reaction at this point maybe this is it i mean maybe shane you know his contract maybe he's slowly coming to an end and he's just trying to make sure that nobody wants to see him continue and he's he's trying i think to... i'll just say it after 
almost what, guys? 25, almost 30 years. I'm going to just say it. I'm sick of McMahons being on television. I'm over it. I don't want mm-hmm. to see any of them on television anymore. I want them to go into the back, do their thing in the back, and let just let it go. Let it go. It you, You've literally done the heel owner gimmick in some shape, way, or form for almost 30 years. It's done. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. I'm going to... You don't need an authority figure on television. Or if if you want to have one, that's great. But I'm just, I'm sick of the McMahons being on television. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm going to play my chess chess match here with Ed here. <laughs> one last I, time. I just don't see, how do you, this is WWE. You can't look, when you think WWE, you got to think McMahons. McMahon's I don't want to anymore, to though. I don't but, want to think McMahon anymore. But, but here's the thing, Ed. This is a McMahon family company. It's it's always going to be. Now, granted, maybe it's going to evolve. You know, maybe Triple H will get back into more of the picture or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, maybe they got to change the way that they're being used. I, I'm I'm not going to dispute that. But to totally just take the McMahons off, I. I I don't think that's a good thing. I really don't. So maybe do. just change. And I don't think of Ray Kroc when I eat a McDonald's cheeseburger. And I don't think of the McMahons when I'm watching a good wrestling match. And that's what I'll say. Well, I guess uh, Ed and I are just going to have to call this a stalemate. It I, is. I always think of Michael Keaton when I eat a McDonald's. No. I know. He was yeah. good in that movie. Yeah, that was a good movie, by the way. <laughs> Way to plug the that movie, he Ed. was. And I think that's going to wrap us up for the only episode 34 of 123 Yes Wrestling there will ever be. Next week is big episode 35. We'll talk about Fighter Fest, which is going to be here in a couple nights. AEW's second big show, free on Bleacher Report Live. Once we, uh, I looked through the card a little bit. I don't know who anybody is, but we got John Moxley and Joey Janela fighting in a Woo! no DQ match. They good. took away the rules. Uh, Kenny Omega and uh, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and another dude from AAA, which I did not know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to knowing all of these AEW people as they present them to me on their show. I'm going to learn them. I'm going to. I'm learning AEW how they're going to present it to me, and I'm excited to learn and excited for more wrestling. And you guys got anything else? Bl- what else? Listeners, you guys got? I, I know this episode really hit a lot of controversial topics. We strongly encourage you, regardless of what side you're on, or if you agree with us or disagree with us, send us an email, send us a, a, a comment on Facebook or something like that, because we love we love getting the feedback from from listeners, and we'd love to be able to pl- you know we, we'll mention you on our next episode. You know, give us your thoughts on some of those stuff that we actually discussed. Absolutely. We, we, you know, hated on a lot of fan attitudes this week, but at the same time, we showed a lot of love to the products, and hopefully maybe we were able to convince some of you out there that wrestling is pretty freaking awesome right now, and it's about to get even better. Yes, sir. Yeah. And with that, it's always a pleasure when we uh, get together. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have to work on our closures. <laughs> Closings has never been our thing, guys. Sorry. All right. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week. All right. See you next time. See you guys.